You're listening to the Kento Podcast, a place where every Monday we create a Zen experience of enlightenment. There's nothing off limits, plenty of laughs, and some amazing guests to get us there with relatable conversation along the way. Let's start your week right. Introducing your host, Chelsea. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello. I have a very special guest on, one of my favorite humans, and her name is Joe. Hi, I'm Joe. Joe, I'm going to just jump right into a question. Why do you think we met? Like, why do you think this was you thought, all part you of the thought plan? This was the the good one to start with. Yeah. Okay. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we always say that we were destined to meet. I think I was going through one of the biggest transitions in my life. I didn't know that at the time, but I guess wanting to start somewhere with my physical health, going to Rumble, seeing you from afar yeah, for a while. I was just creeping. Yeah, I was just in the distance, like always <laughs> just watching you behind the counter, like who is that majestic angel over there? And then I think not after, long after that, I just like inserted myself and just wanted to be your friend. And it became so much more than that, though. Like really, really fast. Very fast. I think you brought me food and then the rest was history. Yeah, it's always food. <laughs> food is the way to everyone's heart and I knew it. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hook her. Yeah, she did. You hooked me. It was really great. I actually feel like, I know it so, sounds so cheesy, but it's like, it's just our worlds collided in like the best way possible. And at the right, right time, time, it was just the time where we were both, I think I was so open and ready and willing to meet somebody on a different level, just to like open myself up and be turned into this new authentic me. Yeah. And I think because not many people will know your story, they don't realize like, it's kind of cool, I think, because I didn't really know the old you. No. Yeah, exactly. But I know the old you because of being your friend now. Yeah. I, you know, we have such deep conversations. But for people that don't like really know, like, what are you comfortable sharing? Kind of like when I met you, like, what phase in your life would you say you were in? I think just becoming aware of what I was living was not what how I was supposed to be living. It was a really dark time in my life. And I just knew that I would wake up and think like, is this it? And that's when I just wanted to start making those changes. So it's really interesting that you say you don't, you didn't know the old me, but I was ready to not want to like stay the old me anymore. I just got goosebumps, but like, like you don't understand your spine. It's weird when you, like, why do we hold on an attachment of like old me, new me? Like, you know what I mean? Because I know you for how I met you. Yeah. But the old you shaped this it you. It is. And I, I love the old yeah. me too because she feels safe. Like yeah. she, she's kept me guarded and protected yeah. from a lot of things, but also not good things because I was never able to grow. I just wanted to stay in that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that is what's really crazy. I always think about when you think of like our past and our future and, and our present future, all of that. Like you don't have to associate like, oh, the old me was like 
bad yeah. thing, but it's just so transitional throughout, even like when I met you to now knowing you, like we're still like we're evolving yeah, from constantly, even from when we met, which is just, yeah. yeah like change is constant though. Mm-hmm. And so accepting that part was huge. I just think that um, being the old me is how I refer her to. Mm-hmm. You're just set in that space for so long that it feels wrong to grow or to be anyone else because, you know, old me would be so afraid of what others would think or what my family would think or how I would be perceived after that. And just accepting that it's okay to be someone else like every day, Mm -hmm. as long as it's what you want for yourself. Yeah. Because you almost just have to show up for yourself with how you're feeling in that moment and in that day. Because sometimes you're not like you can do all this self-work or like you have good days, bad days, but then you're like, I sometimes still fall back into those old habits. And I'm like, that's okay too. Like, or I'm like, today I'm thriving and I'm like putting in all these new things that I've like, you know, it's it's hard for me to accept that right Mm -hmm. now because Mm -hmm. there's days that I can be productive and be my best self, I Mm -hmm. feel like. But then when you do have those bad days, it's Mm -hmm. like, how do you not go back into those negative thoughts? Yeah. Cause I get hard on myself sometimes too, or I'm like, Oh, I'm falling back into this like, yeah. thing. But then it's like this radical acceptance of just being like, I'm like allowed to have this moment. Like, like sometimes I, like I'm on the, like this, I was always wanting to change, which is like working towards this like yeah. version I, of myself I wanted to be when I wasn't just like, accepting just where I was at in that moment. Perfect. That's exactly how it is though. It's always wanting to change Mm -hmm. and then I guess stopping and accepting. Mm -hmm. So this is a really good question to go off of this. What is something you wouldn't want to change about yourself? I think just all my life, I've only wanted to be kind and I guess always be considerate. And I would never want to change that. The only way that I would change that is that I almost used to use it Mm -hmm. to be able to control everyone else's emotions. Like I would be extra kind so that I would make people be extra comfortable or extra nice so that, you know, I can control everyone around me to be calm and there wouldn't be any confrontations. And so I think, yeah, but I love being kind. Like I love having space for people. I love yeah. being like being empathetic and putting myself in their shoes. Yeah. I think that's something like, obviously now that I'm so close with you, I know that about you, but, but even without being close to you, I knew that about you Yeah, and your character. Yeah, Like I just knew you were like a kind human. Just like that. Like I just of, like, and I, I love that. I think that's why I was drawn to you because the first few interactions, you can tell yeah. if you're going to get that from somewhere or not, yeah. you know? And yep, your vibe attracts your child. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, not now. Not, not right now. I think that's something I love about you is that I can, like, I can just be me. We've said this so many times. Yeah. Like, we can talk about anything no judgment but like I love being kind too and I love people and I love like love yeah. so yeah. it's like nice and I to, love watching other people be kind yeah, and interact yeah, yeah, yeah. With each other. so I feel like for us it's nice because it's like you just know I see that in you 
and like our friendship and how you treat other people and situations. It's, so it's, it's like a, a comfort and nice. It is a comfort. So you're like a feel good friend in my life. Because it feels safe too, but it's exciting yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I agree. So a question that I've been asking some of my guests is how are you really right in this? Oh, I think the theme is that I'm always hearing and that I'm understanding is I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I think like you said, with self-acceptance, it's Mm -hmm. like, that's okay to just be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I want to be like, I'm terrible, Mm -hmm. but it's okay. Like Mm -hmm. it's, that's going to change. Yeah. And some days I'm like, I'm doing great. It's like this weird waves and roller coasters. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that sometimes those feelings, now I know when I'm at my high or at my low, mm-hmm. I just know that's going to be different constantly. Yeah. And you never know what to expect because like, sometimes I'm like, I am having a day and then, you know, it gets better. Yeah. And then the next time I'm having a day, it's either like way worse or you almost learn how to like, I think I have a control problem, yeah. but I'm like, how can I control? Like, make how, this, can I make, how can I make? Like, it's, I'm in charge of my destiny. Yeah, I am like, what am I? Going I have to, to take a step back yeah. and then be like, okay, well, I'm acting this way. I'm feeling this way because yeah. of this. So this is like, I try to like really like dive deep into why I'm like I do being the same, in a certain though. way. Yeah, and sometimes do you feel like I just need to let this be? Yeah but I can't because I want to control it. Yeah. And it's like, but then because of there's that control, I say sometimes a control problem for me. Yeah. I used to always want to be like, you know, I just like want to dissect it. And there's days I just like have to just let myself feel whatever it is. Like, I'm like, I'm feeling heavy right now or I'm feeling, you know, and it's so hard to not be like, I'm feeling heavy because of my yeah 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 because this led up to this and where could I have done different yeah or- I saw my friend sent me this meme and it was like how much of an overthinker you are and it's oh like you God. step on an ant and you're like but it's the ant's mom like died and it was like yeah I'm like that's my brain yeah. that's how I operate and I okay, like, so need I'm, to I'm glad that's normal yeah because <laughs> honestly. Oh, that's my uh, right there. Yeah. When you're asked how you are, how often do you answer truthfully? Almost never. That's why with the last question, it was like sometimes I want to say like I'm terrible. Yeah. And with you, I am able to yeah. say that. I think that was like me. I say reinventing myself because mm-hmm. being authentic and just so real with you, I'm able to be like I had a bad day. Yeah. I'm not feeling great. Yeah. And you hold space for that you don't run from that like Mm -hmm. I don't want to make other people uncomfortable so usually I'm like I'm great I'm good how are you like but like how are you really how are you yeah there's been times I've like gone to you with like something in my mind is like the end like the worst thing could have happened and I approach it and like maybe in that moment it is for me but like how I approach it to you I'll be like you like think I've probably like murdered someone with how stressed I am and you're like okay but at the moment that's what in that moment I feel like that and you let me be like okay like sense of dread though like yeah. you can't deny in that moment yeah. what you're feeling and I love that I can do that with you yeah and- yeah it's a very safe place and the power of like that vulnerability yeah it's so refreshing I think that's a lot of people that are coming into my life now that I'm allowing or that yeah. we're opening ourselves to is that I can say those things mm-hmm. and be real and raw but and I that's like why 
I feel like I repeat this because I'm keep having new guests on the podcast, but I like want to make it pretty clear. Like when I started the podcast, I was like, Oh, it'll be a solo one. I'll have some guests. What I didn't really know where I was going to go with it, but I want it wanted like these candid, real conversations and real guests, because it's like, if we can't have these type of conversations off the podcast, I wouldn't be able to have you as a guest on my podcast because I need to be able to get deep on all levels. You know, obviously I'll have guests that I don't, I'm not friends, but they could just be, you know, but we have to align. And that openness to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's like how you build that community. And I always say this, like if I could have even one person that listens and they're happy, it's like for other people to realize that they're not alone and they can like, have that safe place to talk to people yeah, and have that connection. And like I said, like once you said a few things, I'm like, Oh, okay. So I'm not the only one yeah. like, you know, gaslighting yourself. And it's crazy. And I think the power of TikTok, I think on like Instagram or social media, it's almost like this filtered version of yeah. yourself, like my a real, highlight reel. Highlight right. Reel, but with like TikTok, I find it so funny because it's, so real like okay there's like some stuff that's like whatever but people are just like um, so funny on yeah, it like like they're more, more space to be creative yeah and-, and like you watch a video well obviously it like shows you videos based on like yeah what you like but I am like laughing to tears because I'm like wait I'm other inspired. people I'm wait laughing. I'm like people do think the same yeah. thing it's like I don't think if it wasn't for the power of using social media in a positive way yeah that I would have even started this because I like watch people that just like started a podcast and it blew up and, or like girls that I don't want to be in like an influencer, but like <laughs> I've seen girls that like just like were dedicated to that and now they really are. So it's yeah. like, why can't I start a podcast and have a conversation with like one of my great friends and something, that and something is- we just talk about all the time. That might be something that someone who doesn't have a good friend needs to hear for them to be like, Oh, I'm not alone. And something that already inspires you in life and you're yeah. passionate about people yeah. and connecting with people. Yeah. And that's exactly why I feel like, or what I'm like wanting out of yeah, this. I think so too. And that's what makes it it's so exciting for me to see you do this. I think it will be like, really cool to see how it plays out because I feel like it's kind of going to go into the next question because I was going to ask you what you would give this chapter in your life what would this be for you discovery right yeah it's kind of just like just exciting like as hard as it is it's been super exciting because this weird construct that I knew that I thought that I had to live was like, you grow up, you get married, you, you know, you meet a good man, you have kids. And then I was like, that's it. I've made it. Yeah. But there's so much more than that. And that's not what it has to be. And then now I'm not busy running after those things anymore. It's more like just like living and being present and being in the moment. It's, it's so nice. It's actually so peaceful. Just allowing myself that, that discovery, that fun side again. I was listening to a podcast this morning and the guy on it was quoting someone, I don't know who, but he said, if it doesn't scare you, it's so easy just to like float by in life or like you think this is how it's supposed to be. And I should be doing this, 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 this. And like, 
something like starting a podcast or for you stepping out of your comfort zone and doing this and exploring this option or going down a completely different path than like how you envisioned your life. It being scary is what's so exciting. And that's like your intuition being like, this is like, there's scary being like, okay, uh, uh, like don't like, you know, like, like, no, yeah. Red flag. But like something that's like, it's just your soul's meant for that. I finally get that. I, yeah. I don't know. There's just a weird shift. Like I finally get that now yeah. when scary things mm-hmm. or bad things happen, it's more like, what is it trying to teach me? Or what mm-hmm. am I? Cause I just love that feeling when you overcome something. Yeah. And after. you're like, here I am yeah. doing, doing something. Doing I didn't it. think I would ever freaking I did do. talk myself out of. And, yeah. You know. It's weird that we're our own worst like the voice inside your head, Constantly. I'm like, am I fucking crazy? I'm like, not friends right? I'm, I like you We're sometimes. Not right now. <laughs> I think I heard. I could be wrong. Like, so don't so put me on this. But like, I think I heard that there's some people that don't have like a dialogue in their head. Okay, they would have to have some type of dialogue because they'd have to like excuse you. No, there'd have to be some type of dialogue. But maybe no. like people that don't like someone's is verbal for me. Like it's internal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I could swear that one of like my friends was like I don't like no, think no. like that like I do but I don't like it's not like her right now yeah tell me yeah, yeah I'm gonna have to google Silence this I'm gonna have to google this yeah. but I do think yeah I'm for sure I'm like okay you need to stop yes. trying to like we are doing this and we're getting up <gasps> and we're listen, listen here yeah like listen up voice I think it's no, just we can be our own worst I will verbally talk to myself, talk myself through my day. Yeah. Like it's kind of nice to know because yeah, it is. It's just with you, your whole, yeah, that's all the time. Yeah. My, we're friends on friends off. Frick, mm-hmm. I know it's weird. It's trippy. Everything about it is trippy, but okay. So when I met you, you were still married and now things are a little different. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. And just a tiny bit. I think it's important and a main reason I wanted you on here is to just kind of like break that stigma stigma <laughs> sorry stigma, stigma. It, it stings for it sure. does sting. it stings it, it does sting and I think because it stings and because we can talk about it stinging it so that's so important because there's someone else that's going to listen to this and they're going to be able to relate to you yeah and maybe you won't Maybe I can't relate to that because I've never been married, but I want to have like... But also in some way, you always find something relatable in someone's Mm -hmm. story. And there is a boat. And that's why we can have talks, even though I've never been married. I always take something from your stories or anyone else's. So, And I feel like we can all just help each other. But I know that sometimes it's hard doing it on your own. Not saying that you had to do it on your own. But yeah. I'm just saying someone might have might be doing it on their own. Yeah. So I just think you're like a perfect person because you are, you know, like this is such a safe place for us and you are so open with me and you're right. willing to be open. And I guess you were kind of there at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Like I was I at the very beginning. The guy, you were still a married one. I was still married and my mm-hmm. ex-husband was coming, boxing with me a few times. I'd see him there. You know, we met when we were really young. Mm-hmm. He was 18. I was 22. And then we got pregnant shortly after that, you know, three kids later. And you're so different when you're young. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, other than being super hopeful and hopelessly in love and under this false reality that that's all you need. Yeah. But you grow into different people. Do you think that you have to evolve separately as your own individuals, but then also know how to evolve together as yeah. a couple? It's and do you think so... that's like the, the problem in these marriages? Yeah. And in so many different ways, naturally, I've we were codependent. Mm -hmm. He struggled. Mm -hmm. You know, he has a lot of trauma. I have a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. Not working on those things separately instead of, Mm -hmm. you know, working on those things that we needed to heal separately. We brought them into the relationship together. Yeah. And I just wanted to fix him. I just want to fix people. Like I'm back to that kindness. Like you just want to, yeah. And you want to make somebody feel good. Yeah. Even if it's at the cost of you feeling good. Do you think it's because at some point of your life, you didn't feel good or do you feel like you were always from my childhood? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's from, I know it is like from therapy and whatnot, Mm -hmm. like being the oldest Mm -hmm. in my family and my parents are, were immigrants came back, came to Canada, had to work their asses off. And I was the one who had to take care of my sisters and make sure everyone was comfortable doing well and good and not make my parents mad. Mm -hmm. So I took that into my relationship. Mm -hmm. My ex struggled a lot with mental health, which I learned a lot about, you know, it's so stigmatized and I hate it because people don't understand that. The severity. Yeah. yeah. He has severe bipolar disorder, Mm -hmm. anxiety, depression, and been told all his life to snap out of it. Especially with men. Yeah. yeah. And the toxic male masculinity that he has to uphold. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's, it was sad to watch him deteriorate as a person, you know? Yeah. So I just wanted to make our relationship as easy as I could. Yeah. So that's like what you prioritize. Yeah. yeah. So with his depression, I mean, that led to alcoholism. But now, as it usually does, some yeah, form of addiction. Exactly. And he did that to cope. And I guess just watching him do that to himself, but he expected me to get him out of that. We, I went to Al Anon and it was like the three C's you can't cure him, you didn't cause it, and you can't control it. After learning more about that, that's when I was able to start breaking out of that cycle. He would never get the help that he needed. And that's all I, I just wanted to see him do well. Do you think it's because you can't help someone that doesn't want to help themselves? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what I would say. And, you know, he would, he would be like, no, you, I need you. You have to do this for me. And it was just like a cycle for 13 years. But I mean, it's been almost two years of us being apart. He mm-hmm. went to rehab. He's been nine months sober. I couldn't be any more proud of him. And, you know, and he's, finally told me like, this is what I needed. And I wouldn't have never gotten here mm-hmm. if we didn't let each other go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like when you think of that, like you have three kids together yeah. and like you were so young when you guys started and to hear those words, like, you know, I needed that. And this ending had to kind of happen right. for this to, for this to take place. It's crazy to, see the role you're going to be in someone's life. Like you, when you met how, him, like, okay, I'm going to marry him one day. I'm going to have kids, three kids with him one day. All and the then we're going to do like where, yeah. Then we're also going to like 
get a divorce. But we're still going to be in each other's lives forever. And then you're going to be the most important thing. And because you guys were together and because of the divorce, it helped him get sober and it helped him realize these things that the the divorce didn't happen. It's crazy the roles you play in people's lives and the time. Like it's sometimes it's just like and a season. Like it's like a very long like years of yeah, season, you know. You but know, it was honestly I can't even count how many times, probably like hundreds of cycles of just like I'm gonna change and I'm mm-hmm. gonna get better, but never would have had happened if when we're together. Is it hard? Like obviously you're happy that he's like getting the help and being sober but is it hard now that you guys aren't together and that's the like you know, that's how it is or is I it I thought it would be mm-hmm. but it's actually the opposite mm-hmm. like I'm just so proud of him and mm-hmm. I say this all the time and I mean it if he were able to give someone else if he met someone and gave them mm-hmm. the best life the opposite mm-hmm. life that we lived mm-hmm. and he was present mm-hmm willing and able I would be so appreciative and fortunate to Mm -hmm. have that happen because of what happened yeah so it would have been worth it yeah and my kids would get a piece of that yeah like because it's the ripple effect because then it's like breaking these cycles he's a statistic that like he had no chance in becoming sober for this long like I didn't even think he was going to get that far so I'm rooting for him and Mm -hmm. for my kids and it because it's it does play such a role for your kids to see that. And I think because of how supportive you are, and even though behind closed doors, you've had your hard moments and I like have seen it and I've been there with you. Of course, but it's like, you still kind of like hold it down for your team, which is them. Right. It's yeah. It's so strange. I thought I would be opposite. I thought I would be so petty and Mm -hmm. spiteful and so angry. And I am at times for Mm -hmm. sure. I'm mad that I'm doing this on my own. Mm -hmm. I'm mad that I'm having to carry everything by myself, having sole custody of these kids, but it's what's best for all us as a family, including my ex-husband. And he tells me like, now that he's healthy, Mm -hmm. he's able to, instead of saying you broke our family apart Mm -hmm. saying, thank you so much for taking care of our family while I'm trying to get myself right. Like that means so much more than that's like such a breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. That is even from me being like, obviously I know from our conversations, Mm -hmm. but like for me to even see that transition from when I met him to this, you can't help but be proud of someone just from afar just because the statistics now. Yeah. For men, people, mental health, and, you know, life in general and our addictions and our struggles. When you somebody does well for themselves, you can't help but just be rooting for them from afar even. I agree. And it it will just play the ripple effect, yeah. like you said. It is. It's a huge ripple effect, and it's so good for the kids. I think because of the way that you are... It's like we were even talking about it today with your daughter. Like she's in grade five, but like is like the wisest, like such an old soul. Yeah. But I think it's because you just really do hold it down for them in such like a mature way. Like even though that you have hard moments, you still kind of like. Yeah, try to. I, with, but then it's okay to have like. That's a learning process. It's just like. Because you're learning a whole new thing. You're navigating a whole... It's almost coming from our childhood, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I always think of my parents, you know, it wasn't the greatest, but they did the best with what they knew and what Mm -hmm. they had. 
So I kind of take that into how I'm raising my kids. It's like, okay, I'm trying to do the best that I can with what I know right now. And that can change. I obviously don't have kids, but something that I have said to my therapist like a few times is I am so scared I'm going to have, like when I have kids, like what happens if, like, I'm trying to heal inner, like, yeah. you know, child trauma, trauma, trauma or just life experience. And like, and you have that fear of like, when you have kids, well, for me, cause I don't have them. I'm like, like, yeah, maybe I'm all like good right now, but what happens if something triggers me that I don't know until I have kids. And she's like, because you even have that the thought, it's not going to happen. Like you already, stop. yeah. Like she's like, you're good because you're, you recognize yeah. it's when you don't even know. It's so crazy. It's when you're aware that you have those thoughts already. Mm-hmm. I wake up every day being like, I'm messing up my kids. Like I am messing them up. I and think it's the people that wake up not realizing they're messing them up. And just pretend messing that. them up. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, like, like everything's great. Yeah, everything's yeah. good because they don't know, right? Like yeah. you said, they're doing the best that they know how to do. And that's right. such a big thing. Right. They are learning. I feel like because we are so into our own personal you know, healing our inner child and the importance of that healing and recognizing that trauma as a mother, you'd want to be so careful to not create that childhood trauma for them. But there is things that are out of your control. I know that you just have to be like very cautious. I don't know. Like, do you overthink it? Does it something that like, yeah, because now we know essentially it's almost a blessing and a curse to know this because sometimes I think when you're, especially my therapist, bless her. She's a very kind woman, but she's taught me to be like, you know, like they didn't know any different, like, you know, like there's all that, that radical acceptance, but because we do know, we know, do you find there's more pressure because you do know there's more pressure. There's more overthinking. Mm -hmm. It's constantly overthinking. It's beating yourself up over you wish you could have done differently or that you're going to do differently or how you want to now manage and micromanage all the things. So sometimes, like you say, it's like a blessing or a curse, but knowing what we know now that gives us the tools and the ability to change that for our future kids. Yeah. Cause it's like almost like Fixing that generational, yeah, you know, generational trauma, trauma, the pattern, because it is so deep rooted. But then there's also things that happen in our lives, and we know this as well. Like, okay, yeah, there's trauma associated with childhood, let's say, but then there's also things that are traumatic that have happened to us at 18 or 21 or 25, you know, mm-hmm. onward, 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 that don't have anything to do with their parents or upbringing or however things that just happen. Yeah. Things that just happen. There's things that are just out of that were out of my parents' control that were out of your parents' control, out of your control towards your, your kids. So how do you navigate through that with your children? Because obviously there has been some stuff that's gone down. And I think the way that you go about it is so enlightening. So I think for other people to know the route you take with your kids would be really like insightful to someone to hear. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, for so long, I listen to podcasts or I read books a lot about being weary of 
how we were growing up and constructed to believe that adults are good or Mm -hmm. the harm and cause Mm -hmm. and effect and, you know, not ignorance is bliss where it's like, don't talk about sex with your kids because it's going to make them want to have sex. Don't, you know, I call it a pee pee, call Mm -hmm. it this. And now we're in this era where it's like, sometimes it's too much information and you really have to filter through it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, with my kids, I'm completely open honest with them. We call it a penis and a vagina so that there's no room for someone to be like grooming and saying Mm -hmm. it's just your pee pee or it's just your Mm -hmm. kitty or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think back to me being a kid and I'm so fortunate that I never had to go through anything that was molestation or anything like that. And I think about how my parents handled that and they did it, but it was like in a passive aggressive way. They never talked to us about that. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to change that. So from an early age, I talked to my kids about what's good touch, what's bad touch, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. Trust your gut if you're uncomfortable with something and then creating a space where they don't feel shame and coming to tell me Yeah, and creating that safe space. Mm-hmm. So, Which is so, so, so important. And that in turn, unfortunately, ended up helping my son out in a situation where he was molested and assaulted by someone, you know, it was in our house. It wasn't with a family member, but it was someone who. It still happened and he still yeah, recognized. And what it happened. wasn't a stranger. Yeah. It was someone who was welcomed in yeah. our house. So he yeah. thought this person was a friend. Mm-hmm. They were friends. We mm-hmm. were friends. Mm-hmm. And it just takes that split second. And luckily for him, he got to write the story where he knew something wasn't right. It felt uncomfortable. He was only five. And in that moment, instead of freezing, which I would do as an adult. Yeah, because you're not told or taught or... Yeah, or you just don't know what to do. But in that moment, he fought and ran away and ran to me and told me immediately. Like, And first, you know, he was just quiet, hiding behind me. And and I think because I gave him that space where I was like, what is wrong? Tell me Mm -hmm. whatever you say. I will not be mad at you. Mm -hmm. Whatever you need to tell me. Do you want to tell me privately? Like, what Mm -hmm. do you need from me right now? Mm -hmm. And and then I just told these people because he wasn't going to say it in front of them. Mm -hmm. So I just said, you need to leave right now so my son can speak to me. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they left, he was just like, mommy, he was touching me inappropriately and Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. I told him to stop. And, you know, he kept holding me there, but I fought and I got away. I got away from him. Because of what you put in their head and taught them at such a young age, you did get to rewrite that and where it could have been that shame or not being able to have that trust and comfort with you. He was able to turn it into a way which is still traumatic, of course, but it is like I fought, I got away and you were the first person he went to and he had that safe place to have that conversation, which not all kids. And I always think of like even me as a kid, I would be like, I don't want to get the other person in trouble. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't want to cause trouble. I wouldn't want to do this and that because this person is a friend, supposedly. And I just don't know how he got the strength. Like children are just the most purest, innocent forms of just a little soul, a little Mm -hmm. moldable, innocent soul that just gets these little pieces thrown at them that they have to take and make it into who they're going to be. And I don't know how he found it. Like, it's just still, it's, 
And people say that's like, you know, the way that you raised him and the Mm -hmm. way you were able to teach him. And I mean, I want to hope that that's the case, but it's just like, I just always think back to my, myself as a child. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would have that, that same reaction. And I don't think many kids do get to have that reaction. Sometimes I wonder too, um, like this has crossed my mind, like, like, because that stuff happens at all ages, not even just kids, like adult, it can happen anytime. This is disturbing, but it can happen like young, 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 young. And so it makes you wonder like what you could suppress even as a child. Like if he didn't have that safe place with you, how much, how much would he have remembered? Maybe not like memory wise, but what would he have brought into his, you know, when he's an adult that he is suppressing, but because he never had that person to go and tell or that safe place to go and tell eventually maybe the memory would kind of go away, but the feeling and the things might stay. It makes you wonder, you know, like we can go off on a huge tangent about that, how much the human body can Mm -hmm. suppress something or how much you can remember or will not remember or not supposed to remember from ages from like a newborn till seven it's so crucial for a child's development of their brains are like little sponges you know so I think having and it's not like we're sitting here saying oh yeah you never make a mistake as a parent because there's good days bad days but by having those type of conversations and having those type of relationships with your kids you're already so much further ahead than some people will ever get in their life because their parents just aren't comfortable to have right. those conversations. It's, still, it's just like a, a conversation. They just, it's just surrounded by shame. Yeah. Still. It's such a, sh- and, it's, and it's, it needs to stop. No, the it, shame needs to stop. It needs to be spoken about openly and mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, and my thoughts from then have still changed and they're still changing and still revisiting those things with my kids. Like, mm-hmm what I said to them maybe a year ago, my thoughts have changed on it. So then we'll revisit those things that I've taught them more. And it's good that you have those conversations. And I think it shows because you have a daughter that's only in grade five. And because she is surrounded by like strong women like you and like her aunts and your friend group and your, you know, all of it, you know, her community community of people, like you have a daughter in grade five, who's like, you can just give some examples if you want of just like the type of person she is, which is going to show you if she's doing this in grade five, like this is just the start of Cass's like movement that she's going to make. I mean, it's so interesting. It's so interesting interesting that, uh, for some reason, though, Cass, everyone who's known her has always said she's different. And that more so now has never been more apparent. I mean, at 10, she's such like a an advocate for the LGBTQ movement, mm-hmm. for women's rights, for, you know, Black Lives Matter. She's such a different kid than I was in school. Mm-hmm. You know, she's lost a few friends because they don't support some of these movements. And mm-hmm. instead of more of that we're not friends anymore because of this is like let me educate you mm-hmm. and that goes along with her brothers like yeah. you know her brothers sometimes will be rough and they'll say really ignorant things and she'll just have to always correct them so i mean there's this one story with my mom in walmart my son wanted pokemon cards and Cass was just like 
Pokemon cards are not a necessity. You know what's a necessity? Like period products, menstruation products are a necessity. Okay, Kaden? This is what women go through frequently and we're not being refunded or compensated for these items. So you don't need another Pikachu. Yeah. And honestly, my mom said like there was like seven people that stopped around them just to like hear her say this. And it's so true. I think that the world needs more Cassidy's. Yes. So I think it is a reflection of your parenting, but it's also just, I think this new shift that's yeah. Yeah, that's happening in the She's world. She's inspiring and me yeah. to just be more yeah. myself. And yeah, I think it's happening. You can see it happening. And so, yeah, it's that blessing and curse. It's the exposure. It's the connection that everyone has, the unity. It's just finding that. The yeah. good parts of that. It's an intense Thing, especially for her at such a young age, but it's so powerful, you know, like if she's going to lose friends over it, she's losing them, but like educating, yes. like that's so like you're in grade five. So I'm like, that's really cool to see because it can be so derail into like cancel culture and yeah. all like the negative sides of how the world is now too. So I think it's, it's just good to see. I love to see it. Well, I love to see. It. I love to see. It. I love to see strong girls becoming strong women. Mm-hmm. It's great, and it does. It just changes like that generational. Yeah, and also you know, breaking that toxic male masculinity. I mean, mm-hmm. she also advocates for that. My uncle is pretty old school. They went on vacation with him earlier, and you know, he would say things like to Kaden, like "Don't be a crybaby" or "Don't cry." Yeah. Like boys don't cry. And she would step in right away and be like, so why can't they cry? That's an emotion that he's, you know, more than mm-hmm. able and willing to show. Yeah. And just breaking that down too. And I love that the, my boys get to see that. We allow them to have those emotions. like Yeah, and as they should. As men should, as yeah. people. like I want to do a whole episode on that because it's just so important. And it's so, it's like this taboo. It is. It is. The shame and it's so sad. It is so, 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 so sad. It really hurts to see. But I do think there's a good shift happening. It's just like a matter of time and everything has to balance. We do. We love the soft sides. Yeah. Yeah. And I am really excited to have some men guests actually coming up soon on my podcast. So I think it's going to be really cool to kind of like pick at men's brains that also can kind of get deep it's so easy to get deep with like a girlfriend you trust yeah but I'm so intrigued with how men operate I am too so it'll be interesting who you have on and how vulnerable they're willing to get and how their thoughts or what's happened to them shift the way that they are now like it's cool too because guys do mature like so much later than us so kind of like even going back to like your ex and now you're seeing, you know, look mm-hmm. at this like 180 basically of how he is. Like it doesn't matter how like long it takes to get there. It's just so cool to actually see, see it. because it's like, it's easy for me to change if I have you cheering me on mm-hmm. every single day, motivating me to like keep going yeah. where it's like, I don't know if all men have that same support. Yeah. Maybe some do, but I love to see it. Honestly, it's imagine a man getting the support or not have feeling the shame that they do when they want the support. It's so 
like I love the question, like, how are you really? And like, I asked you that earlier, but it's like, so nice. Even when I like talk to some of like the closest men in my life, like, how are you really doing? That makes me emotional just hearing you say that and then repeating it. Just like, how are you really? Yeah. Cause it's like, it catches catches you off guard. Right. And it's been such like a game changer. I want to ask everyone. Yeah. Like, how are you really doing? The answers are so like, if we all lived like this more than just for like our real authentic versions and this like unfiltered, unlike highlighted version of ourselves, it would just be so much better. It's like the way I feel when I'm with people like you or when we're mm -hmm. in the same vibration and we're vibing on that kindness and Mm -hmm. wanting to see people happy. It's imagine that was just like, more and more and more and more people just living like that. And I don't know like what went wrong for that, like how it got so like, I get why, like it's like years, like yeah. hundreds of years. I feel like it, there's you so know. so much to unlearn. Yeah. There's so much to unlearn. We're conditioned. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's. I just love like having these like Kensho moments yeah. and that's like why I started the podcast and I want to continue. Like, I always just think this is just the start. Like every guest that I bring on, it's like an introduction for the world to get to know the people that I get to experience you in my life. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. So I want to share you with the world, you know? I feel that. I feel like it's, this is the, like, I'm the person who's walking Mm -hmm. in front of you at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. I'm the person. And it just takes one person to listen and it connects. And it's not just girls that are going to listen to the yeah. podcast. And it's not just females that are going to be on the podcast. It's going to be men too. Right. And it's so easy for us to get like this deep. But why don't we ask our men these like same, you know? And when I do, it's like great conversations. I love that. Just mm-hmm. the, how are you really? It's can we like be real with each other? Like, can mm-hmm. I also be like, I'm not a perfect person. Mm-hmm. I made so many mistakes. I'm still learning how to not make mistakes with my kids. I, but I'm learning and I'm trying and we're all learning and we're trying and I'm creating space for myself and for everyone else. And I just want to like start being real with people and not mm-hmm. lying to them or myself anymore. Cause the more I lie to people, the more I start to believe it. And it's weird because it's like, you're lying to like, sugarcoat yes. like it's like it's such a silly it's, a it's silly not necessary lie, but yeah. it's like yeah it doesn't need to go there yeah it's like you know it was like just for six months after my separation people were like how are you and so and so and the kids and I'd be like we're great mm-hmm. we're doing fine yeah mm-hmm. you know all this COVID giving us all that extra time yeah together but I feel that because I feel like after I had my first heartbreak because I always would tell people I'm okay. It's so easy for people just to, and I'm not asking for people to be like, how are you really? Yeah. You know, but it's so easy for me to create this lie and this truth, I guess, that I'm putting out to people that it's like, if I'm saying I'm okay and everything's good and no worries, no problems, then people are going to think I'm just okay. And then when I need someone you know, you might not have, like, I'm blessed to have, like, I can, yeah. you know, go to you. I can go to a close friend. I can have those conversations because I can 
be real with you. But it's like, why do we sugar? Like you get a divorce, you have three kids and you're like, oh, but I'm good. I'm fine. It's it's like, no, like, because it's so, you don't, I don't think that people have space for that. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to tell the whole world, like every single detail, but you don't have to be okay. Yes. And and I think it's learning as people to be like, if you're, someone's like, I'm terrible. You don't have to get into deep. You can just be like, I'm so sorry that you're not feeling great today. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, tomorrow's a new day. And because you're holding space for them, even if that space is three seconds, one second, just acknowledgement, yeah. just be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Your day sucked. Or yeah. like, man, that was a bad day for you or mm-hmm. whatever. I think the acknowledgement is so huge. That's what's meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to fix me. And I don't want you to fix me. And I don't yes. want to get into details, yeah. but like, no. I do want to be able, and I guess that's how you find your, because if I'm telling you, over the years of all the stuff yeah. that's gone on him and you with just, you. Yes. And if you think that I've just been thriving and surviving <laughs> over that, then we clearly like, like, you know, like you, you get deep with the people you're supposed to get deep with, but there's no need for while you're going through a divorce or while you're going through a heartbreak or, or you're grieving, yeah. you know, like I, I yeah. Cause we just know, yeah, you know, it's so like with my grandma just passing away, like it was so tough on Thanksgiving because it was my first Thanksgiving without her. And, you know, with her being Polish, like, yeah, like the pierogies and all that. First feeling of emptiness. Yeah, you notice. And me and her had wrote the recipe to the pierogies, which I know how to make, but like still we wrote everything down while she was still alive. And it was just on like a scrap piece of paper and I put it in the, in the book and I brought it to the grocery store instead of like taking a picture, writing down on my to get list. I thought I lost it. I I found it. But I remember like in that moment of thinking I lost it, like I was hysterical. Like I was like wanting to ball. And like my dad was like, it's okay. Your aunt can send the recipe. And I'm like, you don't like, you know, it's like a piece of that Mm -hmm. moment and that memory. But it's like for the last month and a bit of her you know, recently passing, it's so easy to be like, you know, I'm fine. It is, you know, she was sick and, yeah, you know, the time was here. Older my big thing was like, you know, my heartbreak means that her pain is over. That's what I kept telling people. My heartbreak means her pain's over, which is so true, but I'm still allowed to be, you know, in pain too. So it's like, but you just, it's so easy for people like yeah. us to be like, we're good, we're good. Everything's good. It's okay. Like it was meant to, whatever's meant to be is meant yeah. to be. It's like to be real and have real conversations like we have is what's built our friendship to be so amazing. Yeah. So imagine if you did that with everyone, if not, you don't have to give people full access, but just to be so real, the world would be such a different place. You know, it's funny because I think we do the same thing when we connect with people I, I like to see, I like to like put out little bait here and there when I meet yeah. people and I like them opening up to me and I love hearing about mm-hmm. people and I love hearing about their day or their, mm-hmm. you know, their highs and their lows. Like, I don't know. I just love how people work. I love how their minds work. And and just like I meeting. think that's what you did to me. Yeah, I just <laughs> I mean, like, you I, me right I was like, so what's that? And I was right there to be like, hey. I work. It's so funny. Everyone's always like, and not even at work, like even everyone, yeah. they're like, how do you, like, everyone just tells you they're, and I'm like, Hey, it's one thing, like as a friend, we can get deep like this, but like, I am talking, like I am at the grocery store 
I will meet someone. They'll tell me their life story. I'm walking outside. I will meet someone that just tells me their life story. I have friends that are homeless downtown that I know. And they, I know their life. One of them has my phone number because if they ever find him dead, like, they want, he wants an emergency contact. Oh. I was like, I got you, you know, like, it's like, why this is normal, but it's like, I feel like it's my sole purpose to yeah, connect. It is. Yeah. People. Because I actually care how people really are. It's not asking just to hear, but not really listen. Like, mm-hmm. like I want to just dig I deep. Do. I, I love, love digging deep. I love that too. Yeah. It's so, it's people are so it's so interesting. I'm fascinated. You know? They're just fascinating. Yeah. I agree. I guess we can wrap it up. We've yeah. just been chatting away. It's been so nice. I'm sure we could have talked for another two hours. We about the same things in different <laughs> ways. We go down the rabbit holes. <laughs> Too many rabbit holes. Let's have a rabbit hole episode. I am going to start doing that. And I know I told you that I'm, well, you know this because you are there as well, but our true crime, like I can't be a true crime podcaster, everyone. I don't, I just can't. I get too invested and I pick my eyelashes off and I get like, I'm too into. Yeah. So with the Gabby case, and if you don't know, you get into that and just go down that hole. It was so funny because when I was sleeping I just was spending hours just like going yes. down the, the rabbit hole and my boyfriend, I oh, I'd also don't say his name on the podcast because <laughs> okay. I tried to, I don't know why. It's so <laughs> silly. I'm like, but um, no, yeah, he, it's so funny because you guys all know him. No, he was like, we should go camping or like in the RV because he bought a camper. And I was like, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like right after Gabby, like Gabby just went on a road trip. Like, and obviously like all respect to, it's like a very sad story what happened. But like, I was so invested because I care, you know, I was like, no, this isn't the time to go in a camper. And then like, I just would stay up. Like he'd be like, do you want to like watch the show? And I'm like, no, I'm going to go to bed. But then I'm like, what? I'm getting like, you know, I'm so invested. So I think we'll just do like fun episodes. Like, you know, are some true crime here and there and just our rabbit holes and and yeah, just kind of do it all. It's all about life and healing and just good conversations. Yeah. I love learning. I'm here for it. And my thing, how I end it to all my um, favorite people that are on the podcast that I um, love is that I love you five ever because forever is long enough. I just got chills. It's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's so cute. I can't say it to the people that I don't know, but as uh, <laughs> I'm, ho- I'm hoping by the end of our conversation, when I when I interview people, that um, I get to know them on that level. So thanks Thank for being you. on it. No, thanks for having me. Love you. I love you. Thanks for listening to the Ken Show podcast. To find out more about today's show, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Ken Show Podcast. If you enjoyed, make sure you subscribe, and we'll see you next week.